You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hello, hello, hello. We are podcasting from Podcastland Studio. And today is August 30th, 2019, and you are hearing the voices of Brenda, better known as Miss Brenbren, and... This is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. And we are your co-hosts of the increasingly popular podcast, This and That. Ooh, This and That, episode 28. Yes. Is coming your way. Yes, episode 28. And um, we are so excited to be with you again, as we always are, to get into what we like to call infotainment. And this is where we talk about everything that's anything. Now, um, like we always do, we like to always say thank you. To everyone, whether you're listening for the very first time or you're among our loyal listeners that come back week after week or somewhere in between the two, um, whoever you are, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. And we would like to give some special shout outs to a few locations that are listening in. And um, we're going to do a shout out based on back to school because it's now back to school time. And we have folks going back to um, K through 12 as well as college. So here, here in the U.S. Yes, here in the U.S. So let's give some shout outs to locations based on colleges or college towns. What do you think? Works for me. Let's go. All right, so we have uh, Wilberforce, Ohio, and that's where you find the Central State University. Oh, and you also find Wilberforce, I mean Wright State University as well. So those two are in Wilberforce. Ironically, Wilberforce is a little bit further down the road. Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, that, if I remember right, has seven colleges and universities. So I will shout out um, North Carolina A&T and uh, UNCG, UNC Greensboro. And shout out to the University of Georgia that you will find in Athens, Georgia. And we'll shout out Atlanta, Georgia, down the road from Athens, where you will find Georgia Tech, also known as the Georgia Institute of Technology, but no one calls it that. It's Georgia Tech. And um, you hop from Midtown, where the Georgia Tech is, to downtown, you have Georgia State. So again, shout out to all who are going back to uh, school, whether it's college, university, or K-12. through And shout out to all that are listening to us here in the U.S., So now let's go overseas. 
We're not going to get into uh, back to school because we don't know when they go back to school overseas. Could be year-round. Yeah, could be. Uh, so let's do a shout-out to Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Rome, Italy. And Nairobi, Kenya. So again, thank you to all of our international listeners because we appreciate uh, your tuning in to uh, check us out and listening to what we have to say here in the United States. Now, a very special shout-out to our U.S. military um, that's here in the United States or international, internationally located. We thank you for your service, and thank you to your families and those civilian supporters that are with you. Absolutely. We definitely thank you for your service. And also thanks to all the civilian first responders. When folks are listening to our free podcast, where can they find it? Where is it available? It's available at several uh, streaming services as well as uh, podcast, podcast apps people can download. And some of the major locations you can find it is our home base of SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, and TuneIn. It's also available on all Alexa-powered voice-assisted devices. And the neat thing about all of that is it's available on demand. It's definitely available on demand 24-7. You can listen to it uh, anywhere, anytime, even in the International Space Station since they do have internet. Now, if you're not... Um subscribing to any of those platforms you can uh, ask to be on our email distribution list and from there we can send you an email every time a new podcast is available right David that's correct Brenda you can get an email notification every time a new podcast episode is available and uh, simply send us an email on our um, address which is this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters together, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Let's get into what we are going to talk about today. Since we talk about everything that's anything, what are our topics for today? Well, our topics for today, uh, in keeping with our podcast, which is quite eclectic, we are, there's no general theme here, per se, folks. We're going to talk um, about Selma, the musical. We will interview the writer, director, producer, and a couple of cast members and talk about that. There's a production upcoming to Southwest Ohio and maybe to your town. We'll also get into and answer for ourselves, ourselves, myself and Brenda, what's the hype, what's going on with the spicy chicken wars, and if you've been in a coma or off the planet, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but Popeye's... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't just, say just anymore. Okay, okay. Leave it at that, because right. if they've been under a rock, then they need to listen further to our podcast. You're absolutely correct, so I will just um, move on. That brings us to words of wisdom, and our words of wisdom this week are in honor of the 
anniversary of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. That originally occurred August 28th, 1963. So um, since we're just two days and 66, um, uh, not six, 56 years removed from that, we will be honoring that event and the big thing out of that, which was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Well, I don't think there's anything more to say other than let's get into our infotainment for August 30th, 2019. You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. We have a treat for you, uh, loyal podcast listeners. Uh, Brenda and I are, of course, in Podcastland Studio, but we have on the phone the writer, director, producer of a award-winning musical that is currently on tour and on its way here in Southwest Ohio, uh, Cincinnati specifically, for a performance uh, Friday, September 13th at uh, 7 p.m. Corinthian Baptist Church, uh, which is at their new location, 1920 Tennessee Avenue in Cincinnati. Um, you can Google it, et cetera, if you don't know exactly how to get there. So let us give, without further ado, greetings to the writer, director, producer, and some of a uh, couple of cast members from Selma the Musical. I am so, so excited that they're here joining us today. So welcome, um, Janet P. Haynes, who happens to be the writer, director, producer of, like David said, Selma the Musical. And we're also joined by Melissa Davidson, who plays uh, Connie. She's one of the leads. And then, hello. Hello. And then, um, um, we're glad you're here as well. And and hopefully, I I, I will not butcher the name here. Chira Pittman Lewis plays Amelia. Did I get that right? Awesome. That's it. All right, welcome to uh, Be a Phone to uh, Podcast Land Studios. Thank now, you. Thank um, you. Oh, you're you're most welcome. Now, the the question we had first off, and what we're pretty sure our listeners will ask is, um, what is some of the musical? What is it about? How close and similar is it to? the um, film of the movie that came out not so long ago. Is there any relationship at all to it? Well, um, first of all, thank you guys so much for having us. And to the listeners, thank you guys for taking your time to hang out with us today. Um, My name is Jana. I'm the writer, director, and producer of Selma the Musical. And uh, it's it's definitely the story, you know, of Selma, the Bridge March, and uh, 1965, the the uh, fight for voting rights, one of Dr. King's arguably greatest work. Um, so we take a journey. I mean, we meet this family, and it's so it's historical fiction, and we meet this Wilson family who's uh, fighting, you know, for for their right to vote. And each character represents an emotion during that time period. So uh, Connie is the matriarch of the family, and she is a Dr. King, an avid Dr. King follower. Um, Amelia is, um, she's kind of the hope 
of of the family. Um, however, we get to see her position change throughout throughout the show. And Joe, um, he is he's the, he he is just against having Dr. King in town. He is against nonviolence, um, protesting and marching. He thinks that is the absolute wrong way. So we get all of these different dynamics, and then there's some other characters um, who uh, play by, I mean, play Huey and Harold, and they're the comedic relief. So we just get all of these different dynamics of this family or what a family during that time may have been feeling um, anticipating the arrival and upon the arrival of Dr. King. Um, now, as far as the correlation to the movie, you know, the story of Selma is history, so there's some things that just have to remain intact in order for us to do uh, the story justice. Uh, we don't have a direct connection with um, Ava DuVernay or Oprah or Common. Um, but if y'all are listening, y'all can, like, come reach out to us. We'd definitely like to make that connection. Um, we we spent tons of hours studying the story of Selma um, through their eyes, through their, the eyes of the story that they told. But we, we've we told our own story, um, and uh, that's why it's called the untold stories, while paying um, tribute to, to the sacrifices and to the story itself. Um, and obviously, like I said, there are some things that simply have to stay intact because we're talking about history here, things that we cannot change. But we get a bird's eye view of um, the nameless, faceless people who died um, in the face of injustice, which actually happens to be a line from the show. Um, and they're still fighting today, you know. Right. Now, the fictional part of this performance, then, is more from the um, perspective of the family that you've kind of made up based on history. Sure, absolutely. And we, you know, one of the things that we do that, that's quite different, um, in my opinion, is we open the show in 2019. So there's this family that's in Selma in 2019, um, and we get to see, we get the millennial perspective um, of, you know, what's going on today, because although the fight um, although the circumstances may be different, um, the fight is still very much the same when it comes to some of the things that we're facing societally. So we get the the viewpoint of the young people and how they view 1965 and what they think it to be. And Grandma Connie comes in, she's just like, y'all don't know. You don't know anything. I marched with Dr. King. Let me tell you the real story of Selma. So then we travel back in time. And then at the end, we kind of bring it back together because we're trying to bridge the gap of the past and the present, um, the, the society that we live in now, the millennial um, generation or the Z. Is it the Z? I don't even know, right? Is it the Z? The Z generation. Um, they have to carry um, on the fight, and it's imperative that they, you know, remember the story and understand the story. So we really try, um, and I think we do a great job, of bringing the two worlds together. Um, and making it relevant while honoring the history of the story. Yeah, that's really interesting that you um, pointed out that you open up the um, story in 2019 and then you go back in time. So Connie, in the character Connie, what would you say yeah, we should be looking forward to from your perspective? Um, from my perspective, when we start off in 2019, I, I am very much um, 
I'm I'm coming from the perspective of someone who lived through it, and I've taught my grandchildren all of this knowledge because um, if you know anything about grandparents, you know we can't help but tell old stories about growing up and what it was like when I was your age and what we had to go through. So I, I start off telling um, how I've told them these things and then to sit back and listen to them get the facts wrong and, and, and really be clueless to what's going on, which is a lot of what's going on right now. Um, so when we go into 1965, I really show why I feel the way I do about Dr. King and where I come from in my family and, and that sense and um, how important it is. Uh, really the whole point is to tell the importance of knowing where you come from and what it is that we're going through and what it is that we faced back then and are facing right now. Um, so but kind of you get an all-around perspective, you know, someone who is talking to the generation now and pleading with them to to listen to, to what I have to say about what we went through, paying homage to those who went before us, as well as showing um, in 1965, what it was like to be um, a Dr. King follower in a house that was divided. You know? Okay. So. Now, what about um, the character Amelia? Since you are the millennial in the family, what's your viewpoint? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm the millennial millennial in the family, obviously, in 2019, but I'm also um, I'm the daughter. Of, I'm the granddaughter of Grandma Connie, which was Amelia's um, sister. Uh, not okay. Amelia, I'm sorry, Connie. I'm sorry. So Connie is our grandmother, but I'm the other version of Amelia of 2019. So 1965, I'm alive as well. But obviously, I'm two different people. But okay. so for me, I get to be the person that is. I think I'm very smart in 2019. I'm in college, and I think I know everything. And um, that character is just really clueless, but she thinks she knows a lot. Um, So 1965, I'm very optimistic. I'm going to Howard University in the fall, and... I'm so excited about Dr. King coming down to help us get our voting rights. And a lot of us actually feel like he's going to be kind of like our savior. He's coming to help us get out of this mess that we're in. Uh, But throughout the play, you see me change because a lot of things start to happen to me, and that optimism really starts to leave. So um, my character is very diverse in many ways because of my... My changes that I go through. Okay. But like I said, the 2019 Amelia is very, very clueless <laughs> to the. I know what's going on around me. Trayvon Martin. I I see all of these things happening. Eric Garner. But at the same time, a lot of us today we see what's going on, but it's not so close to home. Like it's not my brother, not my sister. So it's almost like we see it. We protest on Facebook, and then that's it. Okay. So, so um, go ahead. Yeah, we don't do anything about it other than Facebook or Twitter or, uh, you know, social media, period. So we feel like we've done our part, and that's just it. 
So, so Jana, was um, your, your inspiration for the musical trying to bridge this divide uh, between past and present to try and spur action with the with millennials and Gen Zs, or or beyond just retelling of history from another perspective? Um, both, you know, both. I, I want you to, I want the audience member to leave. Um, inspired by how far we've come, but with the great understanding that we've got a ways to go and call to action. I think that the goal of um, art, it you know, art always mirrors society. Art always mirrors what's going on present day. Um, and I don't want us to leave. I don't want the audience to leave uh, just entertained. That was a really great show. That was phenomenal. I want us to leave inspired and called to action, whatever that looks like. Everybody is not, you know, everybody's not called to social justice or political movements, and I understand that. But the simplest things is um, exercising your rights to vote and making yourself knowledgeable about uh, upcoming elections and the difference in the Senate and the House and who passes these laws and these bills and, um, you know, the Second Amendment and your, your rights with police officers and just this, the things that are important and very, very important um, in particular to the black and brown community. So, yes, it was both. It was wanting to most, most certainly honor the story and the history, um, but to bridge the gap that seems um, so wide at times. And, um, and sometimes it seems really, really close. You know, it just, from from different issues, so it's, it the it was a little bit of both. My inspiration was to to provide you know a nod to both. Now, now, given the subject matter of of what happened Selma '65, um, um, and the like, the bridge, et cetera, what what's the recommended viewing age for the musical? Well, I tell people all the time, whether you're five or five hundred. Um, you can come to the show and you will get something out of it. Um, we, you know, that was important to us. It was important to us that our demographic was broad and that it wasn't 18 to 25 or uh, just a specific age group because I think that with young people, with the babies, with the, um, even the younger generation, we can eradicate some of the things that are going on now if we start at five, six, seven, eight years old, nine, ten, and really kind of let them know. Um, the thing that I think is really great about the story, um, like a good sermon, when you go to church, um, everybody's in church, and no matter what the message is, depending upon what you're going through in your life or um, what you're, where you are, the, same, the exact same sermon may hit differently for you, for me, for Chira than it will um, the people across the row. And that's, that's what we do, I believe, very, very well, is that... Um, for that generation who marched with Dr. King, we've had so many civil rights activists come to, sh- to the show and um, just, you know, sing our praises and tell us what, am- what an amazing job we did depicting um, that time period and how they truly felt like they were in that time period. And then we've had young people, teenagers, come to us and tell us how much they thoroughly enjoyed the show from the perspective of, um, they didn't know about some of the things that went on. But also what's interesting is that they come from the perspective of it's really cool that you guys built this and did this. Um, I 
you know, it inspires me to be able to do it as well. So even inspiring them from a point of business, acumen, entrepreneurship, and arts, um, everybody, it, it provides a different feeling for everybody involved. Sorry to kind of go around the world there, but if that answers your question. Um, yeah, it's, it's for everybody for sure. All right. Now, since you mentioned about singing uh, the praises um, from church, and there's definitely going to be church inspiration in this musical, did you write the mm-hmm. songs or are those songs that we've already heard? Uh, both. We, we've got um, all of the original music we wrote um, and produced ourselves. And um, our, you know, title song, which would be like our soundtrack song, song is entitled We Made It. And it's been, you know, a hit. We, we've done really well with that song, and it's an original song. Another original song we sing is Freedom. But you'll also hear some, some favorites like I Know I've Been Changed or We Shall Overcome. So we, we've blended um, the two worlds of um, old school, you know, songs that, we, that make us feel good that we remember, but we've also given um, new life to some of the music as well. Now, um, given, given your answer there, is the music available for purchase or download? Yeah, you can. Um, we've got an EP. We're currently working on a soundtrack, um, but we've got an EP. It's available on all major um, streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, um, Tidal, all of them, you know, Google Play, Amazon. And if you just type in some of the musical, the untold story, um, the same thing for all of our social media information. We type in Selma the Musical on Facebook, on Instagram, or Selma Untold at Twitter. All of that stuff will pop up, um, and you can find any of our upcoming tour dates, upcoming performances. You can find our music, where to stream it, how to stream it, all of those things. Now, since uh, we're talking about musical, um, can we get a little bit of uh, some of the sound of what some of the musical is like. Can you guys sing something for us? This is where I definitely bow out. Um, I don't sing. So we're going to let uh, Tyra or Melissa. Melissa, do you want to do? She, Connie does, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of people um, who, who know Dr. King know that Precious Lord was his favorite song. And um, during the time that he was um, marching, he would call Mahalia Jackson over the phone, and she'd sing to him, and it was actually sang at his funeral as well. So there's oh, this Yeah, I love, love Mahalia. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's this moment where Dr. King comes to visit the family, um, and Connie, and Connie's making an attempt to encourage Dr. King, so she sings Precious Lord. And it's just kind of us trying to recreate that moment and honor, um, obviously, the great Mahalia Jackson. And oh, oh and I, I would love to hear that. You don't have so, to sing the whole thing, Melissa. Just a little bit. Give us a little insight. Okay. Okay. I'd be glad to. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on. 
the light, just take my hand, precious Lord, lead me on. You had to come to the show for the rest. But I Go on, Mahalia. <laughs> well, that is a huge compliment. I love Mahalia Jackson. I watched her sing that song plenty of times to to make sure that I got it right or um, to definitely pay homage to her and everything that she did. Um, she well, was I great, think, great. I think singer. she would be very, very happy about your performance of her um, Precious Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, as we said at the outset, um, you all will be um, here in Cincinnati Friday, September 13th, 7 p.m., yes. Corinthian Baptist Church. What are what are some other upcoming stops as you uh, tour across the, the nation? Tyler? I'm sorry. I thought he was just asking generally. I'm sorry. The next stop after Cincinnati is Atlanta, September 20th at the World Congress Center. Okay. And then we have a few more that, well, quite a few more that Dana is um, currently working out contracts for, so I'm not sure if I can even speak on those yet, but it's, our schedule for the rest of this year in 2020 is uh, going to be kind of crazy. And it's be insane. Insane. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we... we uh, is this and that, our, our podcast, uh, we have an international audience. So is there any chance that you all will um, uh, outside of the U.S.? Absolutely. We've got, um, and just to kind of piggyback off of um, some of the, what they were saying, I'll just throw out some cities. We've got Nashville, um, Memphis, Indianapolis, Chicago, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, um, obviously Atlanta and Cincinnati. Then we've got um, Cleveland and oh geez, New York, New Orleans, Baton Rouge. So we've got many, many cities: uh, D.C., Maryland, uh, Vegas. Um, and you know, we've, we're in contract uh, conversations right now uh, with Japan and China. So we will wow. be. Um, and we just got back from the Bahamas, so we've crossed international waters. We're excited to get back. Um, so we'll be all over the country for sure, and um, prayerfully, hopefully, out of the country as well with the show. We plan on touring for the next couple of years, um, and uh, we, we're also working out, um, you know, a home theater contract right now we'll, 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 where we'll be in residency. So you'll be able to travel to see us um, so many nights a week, in addition to us touring. So we'll be um, we'll have the touring production as well as the production you can find um, in that specific theater. Um, I can't give the details on what theater yet, but um, so we, we plan on having a busy, busy, busy 2019 through 2022 probably. Okay. Um, and we'll be all over. All right. Now, where again can people see a list of these dates and cities? If they hop on social media, um, Facebook, just type in Selma the Musical, The Untold Story. On Instagram, it's at Selma the Musical. And on Twitter, it's Selma, um, at Selma Untold. We announced all of our dates um, via social media uh, right now. 
we've got a website that's currently under construction, and at which time you'll be able, when it's completed, um, when the facelift is completed, you'll be able to find everything there as well. Um, okay. But all of those pages, you just click follow or like on those pages, we, we most assuredly, it's the best way for us to reach our audience. Um, now, and our what's, fans. The, what's the ticket price again, and where can people buy tickets uh, for the performance? So for the Cincinnati show, um, if you're local to Cincinnati, you can um, stop by the church. And you can stop by Corinthian Baptist. They've got um, tickets on hand if um, if you if you're you know in hand ticket type person, um, but you can purchase online um, on Eventbrite at Selma Cincy, and that's S E L M A C I N C I dot Eventbrite dot com, um, and they're thirty five in advance. They're forty five at the door. Thirty five in advance, forty five at the door. So um, you definitely want to grab that ticket in advance. Um, we've had amazing sales in Cincinnati, um, and we expect it to be a sold-out house for sure. So get your ticket. We'd love to see you guys there. Um, it is it's really a phenomenal show. They're, they're supremely talented in the way that they just um, transform themselves into these characters and pull you into the story. It's it's really phenomenal. Um, and you will not, I can, I can guarantee you, it is a show that you will not regret. Well, from what I heard from uh, Mahalia, um, <laughs> I'm definitely um, excited about your performance coming to town, and I think it's going to be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you, and, and thanks again for uh, spending some time with us and our listeners. And once again, we were talking with um, the writer, director, producer, of some of the musical, along with a couple of cast members. Thanks again. Thank you guys for having us. Thanks so much. It was it was enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Listen to This and That on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other major podcast apps and services. America has lost its mind. There's a new challenge. And that challenge is... Who has the better spicy chicken sandwich? Popeyes or Chick-fil-A? And do we accept the mission? Yes, we accept the mission. All right, then let's hear the bell ring. In this corner... Weighing in with a little over 600 calories, the new contender from Louisiana, Popeye's Spicy Chicken Sandwich. You do realize that was a bad enough to impression. I'm trying to do Michael Buffer and I'm not done. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. He has to have an opponent. I'm sorry. And... In the opposing corner, the champ weighing in at 400 mean, mean calories from the ATL Hotlanta. It's Chick fil A spicy chicken sandwich. Popeyes, Chick fil A, and a clean fight. I don't want any spread. 
laying around on the floor. No nibbling of each other's buns. All right, tap chicken parts and let's go. It's a one round competition. Round one. Brenda and I accepted this challenge, as she said, and ate spicy chicken sandwich, as well as a chick a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye, excuse me, they're both spicy chicken, as well as a Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich, not the original, we're going for the spicy chicken, and comparing those two. And I have to say, if you are trying to watch things like sodium intake, <laughs> trying to stay away from fried foods, trying to watch your carbohydrate intake. Or, or you have a problem with MSG. Because or neither, 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 it doesn't matter. Neither one of these sandwiches are healthy for you. And needless to say, if you're vegetarian or vegan, we are not speaking to you at all in this. So if any of those things apply, stay away from both sandwiches. Now, um, because it's the contender, started with Popeye's. Now, I have to say, the Popeye sandwich, I had seen it on um, TV and all, and I, I know about food stylists and everything, so I looked at this thing and said, it's not going to look like this at the restaurant. No, I was wrong. It really did. I mean, the thing is thick. It's almost, it's, it's over an inch and a half thick, the yeah, piece the, of chicken. The chicken was very juicy. It was very juicy, very thick. The breading is not your traditional Popeye's chicken breading. It comes on a brioche bun, has a couple of pickles, and it has a spread. If You can get the spicy chicken sandwich, as uh, Brenda and I did, or you can just get the regular chicken sandwich, which has um, a, a normal kind of mayo, aioli-ish looking, whitish kind of spread. The spicy chicken, you have like more pinkish kind of spread. The chicken itself is very juicy, as Brenda said, not too salty, but it's also really not spicy. The spice is really in the spread. Well, I don't, I don't know where the sp spice was. I don't know if it was in the chicken or if it was in the spread, but I did taste spiciness. Yes, you taste spiciness, but I, I can tell you if it, in parts where there wasn't that much spread... Um, or no spread because of how it was just made. It didn't, wasn't spicy at all. And the pickles, they, they were there. I could see them. They were pretty thick kind of bread and butter style kind of pickles, thick sliced. Didn't taste them at all. They were pickles. <laughs> yes, exactly. The pickles didn't even need to be there. They just took up space. You don't I, taste I, the pickles. I saw the pickles. Right. You, you but can't I help didn't... but see them taste the pickles. Right. It, it was the most bizarre thing because I'm like thinking, all right, this is a big pickle. I'm going to have this brine and mix them with the spice. No. No. But the sandwich was good. The, sp the sandwich was, was very good, I I'd have to say. I'd eat it again. I definitely would eat it again. Um, and it's, they, they, got a, they, got, they have a winner on their hands with respect to the sandwich in isolation. Definitely have a winner on their hands. Now, let's talk about the champ. The Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. It's been the champ, and from my perspective, hadn't had one in a while. So um, I was, I would say, 
pleasantly surprised at the taste and the flavor because what you get is the Chick-fil-A sandwich, nah, it's, it's maybe, maybe a quarter as thick as the Wendy's sandwich, somewhere 25, 33%. The, the, the volume of the chicken, the size of the chicken. Um, and then you get pickles, two to three, maybe four, depending on how they slice them, and they're really thin pickles. And then you get the bun, the Chick-fil-A kind of standard bun. that it, it looks like they took it and just kind of pressed it. And the way they make Chick-fil-A, and this is maybe more than people care, is they, they lock in all the flavors through pressure cooking. And the Popeyes is more your kind of traditional kind of um, chicken, especially in the South, where you're going to hand batter stuff and deep fry it. it. Exactly. It's deep fried. And the Chick-fil-A is pressure cooked to, to lock, it, lock all that stuff in and get flavor really quickly in a short amount of time and, and still have it juicy. But it wasn't as juicy. No. As nowhere near as juicy. And you wouldn't expect it to be as, as juicy because, again, it's um, um, being pressure cooked. But it was spicy. It was it was more spicy, and the chicken was spicy. There's no spread whatsoever on it. You got all these options you can get now with Popeyes, all these different spreads. No, we went for the traditional, just clean bun, chicken, pickles, and you tasted the pickles. Yes, not only did you, or not only did I see the pickles, I tasted the pickles. And these pickles, again, these are very Thin sliced pickles. You can pick them up and you can see through them. You can't see through the the Popeyes pickles, but you can you can see through the Chick Fil A pickles. But even with that, you get a lot of what you would expect from a nice briny, salty pickle that mixes with the Chick Fil A taste. So for me, and I and I told Brenda this after three bites, the the fight was over. Chick Fil A is still the champ as far as I'm concerned. So does that mean Chick-fil-A had a knockout? Um, a knockout or, or, or a TKO. Yeah, a of, I would say it's probably a TKO. It was just a TKO on, on Popeyes. And I would say, uh, well, first of all, let me say both sandwiches passed my nostril test. And that is, Whenever I eat spicy foods, I better have some <laughs> tissue handy because I will start to need to wipe my nose. And both sandwiches pass that test. Now, now that said, Brenda is very sensitive to spicy food. This is not, um, I would say, ghost pepper or kind of... This is not something where you're going to have to put your mouth out because it's on fire and you're going to need a glass of, you know, buttermilk or water or something. Otherwise, you're just going to be, um, like I said, mouth on fire. No, this is just who she is. So, but if it's not really spicy, then the, the nostril test is a, is a failure. And yes, the, it passed the nostril test, both of them. And both of them pass the taste bud test, which is after... Five to ten minutes of finishing the sandwich, I could still taste the chicken in my mouth. So they both passed that. Um, so for me, it came down to a which one tasted 
better. And I have to admit with David, it was a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And that has nothing to do with the fact that it's from the ATL. Okay. <laughs> no, the fact that the fact that it's from the ATL, the other one's from Louisiana, had nothing to do with it. Had nothing to do with no. it. Um, it all came down to the recipe and how it's cooked, and which ones might or which one my taste buds liked better. And they definitely went for the ATL champ. Yes, Chick Fil A. And this was all taste bud driven, and I say that because I've. I've seen some reviews online and I also read some where people have gotten political with this and it's like, come on folks, it's food. Just... <laughs> How can you get political with this? Because the, the owner of Chick-fil-A is oh, um, okay. you know, a conservative and, and is, is, is against LGBTQ rights as well as supports Trump. And, well, and I've seen some of these reviews where it's, it's like, that shouldn't get into as, your as far, as far as I'm concerned, keep it politics had nothing to do with it where, where I'm concerned. Yeah, it was either. all a matter all of taste. And like I said, both of them are from the South. Atlanta and Louisiana. Right. It just came down to which recipe my taste buds liked the best. And that was out of the ATL. Now, I, I will say that um, here in Ohio, in Columbus, you have, you know, home base of Wendy's. And Wendy, who's really feisty on Twitter, I mean, it's just, it's, whoever does the Twitter account for Wendy's has kind of got a warped sense of humor. But um, if you compare either one of these sandwiches to Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich, Wendy's loses by a country mile. And I think that's a factor of the fact they're from the Midwest. Now, if you look at, and I'd have to taste them side by side, which we didn't do. We just kept this stuff, the spicy chicken sandwiches. But Wendy's makes a mean chicken club sandwich, Asiago, chick, Asiago cheese chicken and all that other stuff, which might, from a pure taste perspective, give these things a run for their money. Just as a kind well, of Well, we're not going to know unless gonna, we do it. That's, that's a review for another day. Is who has the best kind of chicken sandwich in general? Open up a whole bunch of other things. But spicy chicken, Chick-fil-A is still the champ. Popeye's is a worthy contender, have to say. It's, it's, a, it's a close second compared to every other spicy chicken sandwich that's out there on the market. But not so close, because like I said, after three bites, it was over. All right, so are you going to wrap up this review with your announcer winning voice where you're holding up the hand of the champ? Oh, it doesn't have, I'll, I'll hold up, uh, I don't know, the bun in my hand or something. Yeah. And the winner by TKO. And still champion, Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Sandwich. If you have a... <laughs> Michael Buffer just doesn't have to worry about If me. you have any <laughs> comments on this review, where would folks email us, David? This and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. This, the letter N, that, at sign, about greatercincinnati.com. Can I hear the winner is again? 
in your in your announcer voice. And then we'll end the segment. Okay. In a unanimous decision in the first round by TKO, the winner and still champion, Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Sandwich. Comments? Send your feedback to this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Today's words of wisdom come from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech, which he delivered on August 28, 1963, on the, uh, the foot of the Lincoln Memorial as part of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. And it to me, it speaks for itself, so without any further ado, let's get to the words of wisdom. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day, this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today.
brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring. From the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado, let freedom ring. From the curvaceous slopes of California, but not only that, let freedom ring. From Stone Mountain of Georgia, let freedom ring. From Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. The dream is still alive today in 2019. You are now listening to This and That with David and Brenda. Okay, David. I think we can say episode 28 of This and That is a wrap. Yes, it is wrapped up, ties and drums, sealed up. Until the next time, all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at this and that at about greater cincinnati.com all rights reserved thank you and all the best